With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. What's up? Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's go. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready, sir. Speak the word of the Lord to us. Give us comfort, give us direction, give us instruction. Don't let us leave the same way that we logged on or we came in this building. God, I pray that you speak so specifically to everybody under the sound of my voice that they leave this experience knowing that not only are you real but that you are concerned about them you are a God that's into the details you are a God that cares about us you are a God that does not leave us nor do you forsake us today let us see a miracle happen on campus and online and in advance we're going to give you praise for it in Jesus name put a praise in the atmosphere right there at 1115 if Judah ain't praising, I don't know how anybody else is. I said, let there be a praise right there. Hallelujah. Let's go to work. So we've been in this series at Harvest called The Sequel. Somebody say The Sequel. And here's the premise of this series is that our God is the God of a sequel. He's always desiring for your next to be better than your previous and your present. And it doesn't even mean that your present is bad. It just means God wants it to be better. It doesn't mean that your past is bad. God wants it to be better. Let's tell the truth. You are doing amazingly well. In fact, how many people can tell the truth that everything in your life is better today than it was two years ago? But guess what? It's about to get even better. Why? He takes you from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from level to level. And here's what your confession has to be. I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I am not where I used to be. Because while it is not perfect, let me tell you what I do see. I do see progress. Your marriage isn't perfect, but you see progress. Your finances aren't perfect, but you see progress. Your relationship with God is not perfect, but you see progress. Your prayer life ain't perfect, but you see progress. You ready? Somebody say, I see progress. 
You have, and I've talked to you throughout this series, everything you need in seed form to produce sequels. And one of those seeds that I taught you about are miserable moments. And pay attention to the word that's underlined. It is moments because we all go through them. I don't care from the pulpit to the pew, from the window to the wall, from the top to the bottom, from the left to the right. All of us go through miserable moments. How many of you, you can be honest that in the last seven days you've had some miserable moments? Come on, watch me. It doesn't make you weak to be honest. In fact, can I tell you this? When you are real, then God can heal. Sometimes you have to be honest about the fact that God, that thing was misery, but guess what? I made it. Oh my God. I'm going to check this building and I'm going to check online for the people that in the last seven days you had some miserable moments, but guess what? You made it through your... Come on, 1115. It was a moment, but I made it through my miserable moment. You're a survivor. You, you are the kind of person that can take a licking and keep on ticking. You're the kind of person that can go through hell and come out licking an ice cream cone. Ready? Now, these miserable moments are spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation. Now, if you grew up in church, you thought that this word temptation, that it literally was always dealing with sins, sex and drugs and all that. No, this word temptation there has nothing to do with that. Watch what the Bible says. There is no temptation. Here's what it means in Greek, the language of our New Testament. It means trial. Sometimes your life can feel like you're in the midst of a trial, like you are on the stand being interrogated. And life is asking you questions that you do not have the answers to. In fact, sometimes you can get so overwhelmed and overloaded with questions that all you want to do is sleep. I wish that you would be honest, but there are some times in your life where life throws so many questions at you when you literally say to yourself, I just want to lay down. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to talk to anybody. Watch me. I just want to eat and go to sleep. I wish there were some honest people. But then, watch me, but then it means probation. And probation means, watch me, I see other people experiencing freedoms that I can't experience myself. Watch me, there are areas of your life where you'll see other people getting what you want and you don't have it yourself. And life can feel like you're on probation. You'll feel like God has got you on a leash and he won't let you be great. You'll feel like God has got your life on a leash and things are not happening the way for you they should. You'll see other people. And even though you're not a hater, you'll say, listen, Lord, I'm not a hater, but the truth is I can do that better than they do it. But yet it seems like the people that, that are doing it with a lesser level of quality are succeeding. And the ones that take it serious, it looks like they're not succeeding. Oh, my God. Your life can feel like you're on probation. Is there anybody on campus or online where you feel like there's some areas of your life you're on probation? And you got to check in every week with your PO. Come on, I need you to be honest in here. Don't act like you don't know nothing about no probation. If you don't know about it, you know somebody that knows something about it. Third definition of, try, of temptation, it means testing. And here's what I discovered about a test. A test is not based on new information. A test is based off of information you've already studied, you've already researched, you already know the answer to. And here's what I've discovered. During the test, two people can't talk. The teacher can't talk, and neither can the students around you. And sometimes when you're in the middle of a test, it feels like God is silent. Watch me. And the people you would normally run to, they have nothing constructive to say. How many of you, watch me, over these last few months, you've had some people that you normally would call on, you normally pray with, you normally, and, and lately you're like, I can't talk to them, watch me, they have nothing constructive to say. Matter of fact, it seems like when we do talk, all we're doing is spending hot air on the phone. 
Here's the next definition, being tried. When you're tried, it feels like you're being stretched. It feels like every area of your life that can be stretched is being stretched. You're stretched in your family. You're stretched in your faith. You're stretched in your finances. You're stressed with your money. You're, you're stressed with your job. You're being stretched in every which way. And here's what's amazing about being stretched is that even though you're stretched, pay attention, you've not broken. Which means maybe you needed to be stressed, stretched because the stretch was showing you just how much you can do. I'm going to back that thing up and say it again at 11.15. Because some of you, you will complain about being stretched. God, it's just too much. I can't do it. But you'll notice you have not cracked and you have not broken in the midst of your stretch, which means God is saying you there's more that you can do. I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody and chatting with somebody that there's more in them. I need you to just fist bump them and tell them, say, there's more in you. Uh-uh. Talk to somebody else. Because when you fist bump somebody and say that, they should put a praise behind that. Fist bump somebody else. Say, there's more in you. Maybe you're being stretched on your job because you're about to run the whole department. I Maybe you're being stretched in your finances because you're about to be the lender and not to borrow. Maybe you are being stretched because God wants to show you what you can do. You'll never know your full capability unless you are stretched. Is the next definition. Being, tr being tried. You ready? Being, or excuse me, calamity. Say calamity. Calamity means everything that can go wrong does go wrong. You ever had a day where you felt like Job? Bible says that Job had a couple of bad days. These bad days turned into bad weeks and months and perhaps years. Because one day Job gets a message. The Bible says one messenger ran to him after another messenger with bad news. You ever got so much bad news and one day you just put your phone on D&D? &D? Okay, y'all are going to lie over here. Come on, 1115. Watch me. Maybe you didn't put it on D&D. &D. You just left it in the room and just said, I have zero desire. I don't want to be bothered with nobody. If it's an emergency, they'll come to the house. <laughs> right? Everything that can go wrong can go wrong. You've been pulled to the left, you've been pulled to the right, you've been pulled front, you've been back. Everything that can go wrong, it goes wrong. And watch me, lastly, affliction. That is pressure. That's what the Bible says. No temptation has overtaken you. No trial, no probation, no testing, no being tried, no calamity, no affliction has overtaken you. Stop right there. You may feel overtaken and you may feel overwhelmed, but you are not. And I don't need you to make a feeling into a fact. That is not a fact. That is just a feeling. I need you to open your mouth, please, and say, that's not a fact. That's just a feeling. You feel overwhelmed, but have you noticed you still swimming? You feel overwhelmed, but have you noticed you still going? You threatened 15 times to give up, but have you noticed that you didn't? You are not overtaken. Watch what the scripture says. Except is what is common to man, which means this is normal. Everybody look at me. What you think is so unique about your temptation, it is normal. It is common to man, but watch me. While temptation is common to man, you're not a common man, so we don't handle temptation in a common way. Look at the rest of that verse. He says, but with the temptation, wow, he will make a way of escape. Which means the same time the temptation begins, the same time the trial begins, the same time the probation begins, God says at the same time that happens, I also simultaneously release a sequel. 
Let me see if I can say it. Let me see if I can say it the same way. I release. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Let me show you this. I release both of them at the same time. Come on. I release both of them at the same time, which means you're going through your trial and your temptation, but at the same time, I release your sequel. Which means if you make it to the end of your temptation, you're going to get to your sequel. If you don't encourage somebody next to you and tell them you got to last, say your sequel has been scheduled. What is my sequel? My next is going to be better than my present. My next is going to be better than my previous. I need you to outlast your temptation. Thank you. He says he will make a way of escape. That's your sequel, that you may be able to bear it. Somebody say, I got this. Now, it's because, and I'll say this again, while temptation is common to man, you're not a common man and or woman, so do not handle temptation in a common way. This is what he mean, I'm not common. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become and have become new. Look at the screen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, watch me. In a moment, I'm going to give you an invitation to make sure that everybody under the sound of my voice in this building and online is in Christ, which means this verse will apply to you if it doesn't right now. If anyone is, matter of fact, we're not waiting today. If you are in this building or online and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is your moment. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord but you've not been faithful to him, this is your moment to come back to him. Number three, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know if things are right with God or not. This is your moment. God cares so much about you. He's coming to get you in the middle of the message. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure when I count to three in this building, you lift your hand online, you do the hand wave emoji or you say it's me. One, two, three, hands up if that's you. Hands up, 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 hands up. I need you to celebrate right there. Come on. If you're online, do that hand wave emoji and say it's me. God cared so much about you. He came to get you in the middle of the message. And I need a church that gets excited about people coming to the love. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. I am saved from hell. I am saved from myself today is the beginning of the rest of my life in Jesus name I confess with my mouth I believe in my heart it is done in Jesus name just like that if you just prayed that prayer he got you if you just recommitted yourself to the Lord he got you if you weren't sure he got you and I need us to act like we just saw tons of people that the Lord Snatched out of depression, snatched out of anxiety, snatched out of the hand of the enemy. And your next 12, they're about to be your best 12. So here's what I need you to do. It's on the screen. You're going to text this word. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord, or you should take your phone out. You're at Harvest. It's a phone safe church. This ain't the money of them churches. You got to put your phone away. I need you to keep your phone out. 
You're going to text this word decision to 877-552-4746, or you're going to scan that QR code that's on the screen. When you do that, I'm going to send you a message called what next to tell. I prayed this prayer. What do I do next? Listen, I'm not going to leave you having just prayed a prayer and just leave you out there by yourself trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do next. It's all prepared for you. Just shoot that text in this building and online right there. Let's go on and do this. For some of you, you need a shepherd. Because you're saved, but you are not, trust me, you're not covered. And anything uncovered spoils. And so I want to encourage you. For some of you, you're like, I know Bishop Foreman is the man of God that God has called me to. Because when that man speaks, something in me comes alive. And it's not me. It's the God of the man. But if God has connected us, you can be in Denver, soon to be Atlanta, or anywhere across America and around the world. And if that's you today, I need you to text that um, word, join harvest is one word, to the phone number 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. How about that, 1115? How about the son that we prayed for for years that just got... Why is she shouting? Because she's seeing an answer to her. Why is she running? Because she's seeing an answer. Whoa. I need you to act like God is going. This is a preview of Friday Night Fire. I need you to act like this is a preview a Friday night fire. I need you to act like this is a preview of Friday night fire. Yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. I heard the Lord say he's about to save people in waves on Friday night. Wave after wave after wave. We got to go. Be seated. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. I pray that the same way God just interrupted this message to do something unexpected. This week, he's going to interrupt your life and do something expected. And when you look at the interruption, your confession is going to be, and the Lord has done great things, and we are glad. And the Lord has done great things, and we are glad. We got to go. Be seated. And it's getting ready to happen. And it's getting ready to happen. We gotta go. All right. All right.
Listen. 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 I got this prayer. I got this prayer request. And I'll just say the first name. Somebody else sold for someone named Sharika for healing in her mind and from cancer. So in this atmosphere, we're about to take this atmosphere. Sharika, we believe in a healing Jesus. We believe in a God that has the power to heal. So in the name of Jesus, we send healing to wherever you are and declare that the cancer in your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, that it would dry up now. We speak healing to your body. We speak healing to your mind. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. Say it, y'all. You shall live and not die. Say it. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. Look at somebody. You shall live. Point to somebody. Tell them. You shall. Point to somebody. Tell them. Tell them. You shall. Tell them 11, 15. You shall live and not die. All right. So, if you want to be baptized today, I'm about to have you get ready now. If you want to be baptized today, I'm about to have you get ready now. Ambassadors, get in place now. We're about to turn this whole service upside down. We're about to turn this whole service upside down. Listen, if you want to be baptized today, if you've never been baptized, what is baptism? It means the death of the old you, the birth of the new you. Today, if you are in this building and you want to be baptized, I just need you to get your purse, get your backpack, get your belt. This is totally unorthodox. We're about to turn this service upside down. We normally wait to the end, but I heard the Lord say, don't wait. If you want to be baptized today, if you've been baptized before, but you want to recommit yourself to the Lord, here's what I need for you today. If you want to just have a fresh start today, here's what I need you to do. I need you to get your purse, get your belongings, get your wallet, get your stuff. And you're going to make your way to that entrance. And my ambassadors are going to be there. They're going to smile and they're going to get you changed. We're going to get you baptized right here in the middle of the message. In the middle of the message. When I count to three, get your belongings. People are already moving. When I count to three, get your stuff and move. One, two, three, go. People are already moving. People have been moving. But I need you to rejoice. I need you to rejoice. 1115, some of y'all's lack of energy is really beginning to make work my nerve. I need you to put a praise in this atmosphere like God is interrupting the normal flow. I need everybody to look at somebody on your left and right and just tell them, if you want to step out, I'll walk out with you so you're not alone. If you want to step out, I'll walk out with you so you're not alone. And if they want to go, go with them. 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 I sense that there's somebody else in this atmosphere. I sense that there's somebody else in this atmosphere. Just, just bow your heads, close your eyes with me for a moment. Just bow your heads, close your eyes with me for a moment. I sense there's somebody else that's supposed to go. I don't want to pressure you. I don't want to push you. I just don't want you to miss your moment. Because the Bible says tomorrow is not promised. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, real quickly, Father, whoever that is, that you just told me there's somebody else in here that needs to go, I pray, God, that right now, you would give them the boldness they need.
to take a step. Everything they need is ready. We got change of clothes. We got lotion. We got shower caps. We got towels. Everything they need, we have prepared for them. They're in a safe environment. The water's been treated to the CDC uh, uh, requirements. It's got, you're going to smell it. It's got chlorine and all that in there. It's going to kill everything. But if you're in this building, I sense there's at least one more. If that's you, I got everybody to close their eyes so you don't feel the pressure of people looking at you. And when I count to three, just move. Don't make me beg you. Don't make God beg you. I'm not going to pressure you, but I sense there's at least one more. When I count to three, move. One, two, three, move. 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 I can't beg you, but you're in here. You're in here. You're in here. You're in here. You are in here. You are in here. Who are you that you're so important to God that he's holding me up? Because I'm trying to move on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, while they're, getting while they're getting ready, just encourage the person next to you. Say, the same way that there's been interruption in the middle of this message, God is coming to interrupt your life. Say, your sequel just began. And my next is going to be better than my past or my present. Listen, while they're getting them ready, let me try to, let me try to do this. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Look at what the scripture says. Look at the screen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, we're about to see some new creations. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What are old things? Old traditions, old patterns, old habits that pull you back. Say, these have passed away. And say, and all things are new. Everybody look at me. When you come to the Lord and when you give your life to the Lord, God says the old you is dead. You need a permit to dig up corpses. And for some of you, I need you to be comfortable with the fact that the you you used to be is no longer who you are. In fact, your confession needs to be this. I'm no longer that person anymore. I no longer operate that way. I no longer move that way. I used to drink my problems away. Now I pray them away. You used to sleep with people to get over it. And now you go into worship. You are not that person anymore. Now watch me, watch me. In the message on Wednesday called Waterless Places, we're just going to turn it upside down. You can stand, you can sit, you can roll, you can do whatever you need to do. Look at this. On Wednesday, I taught you from Luke 11 and 24. It says this, when the unclean spirit, what does that mean? It means a foul or something that's mixed with sin or air. It doesn't mean a demon, it doesn't mean a ghost, it doesn't mean a goblin. It means when something foul comes out of you. And how many of us can be honest that there's some foul stuff that has come out of us in our lives? How many can be honest that we've not lived a squeaky clean life? And let's tell the truth. You love the Lord now, but you still ain't squeaky clean. And this is why we need Jesus. Why? Because his blood continues to flow to this day. And every time you get up, you get a fresh dose of grace. You did a fresh grace of mercy. And your confession can be every day he keeps giving me a new beginning. Every day he keeps giving me a new opportunity. You ready? 
When the unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through waterless places. And I taught you on Wednesday about how waterless places deals with the fact that literally it is this in the scripture, spirit is represented by water. And so a waterless place means this foul thing that came out of you, this thing that was mixed with sin or error. When it comes out of you, pay attention, it is roaming, looking for a fit. But because it's so comfortable with you, because it is known you, pay attention, it is in search of a place of rest. But not finding any, what does the Bible say? I'm going to go back to the person from which I came. And look at what the Bible says when it does when it comes back. Because for some of you, you can think you've conquered something, and then that thing comes back. And when it comes back, you're like, why is it harder now than it was before why is it more difficult now than it was before why is it more challenging now than it was before can I tell you it is proof that you're already in your sequel why because I beat it the first time it had to leave and come back which means when I see the warfare intensify that is proof that I'm in my sequel stop right there for some of you you've seen things intensify lately which is your proof that your sequel has already begun your next has already started if you've been dealing with some stuff that's been more challenging than it normally is, can I just get you to wave one of your hands and say, I'm in my sequel. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself. That means these are stronger. And they go into the person and they live there. And the last state of the person, watch me, it is worse than the first state of the person. Which means the anticipation is this. The anticipation, you all can move to do this, please. It means the anticipation is this. It means that when the things come back the second time, when these foul things come back a second time, that they are more intense and they are more difficult than the first time. But what does that tell you? That you have gotten stronger. Why? Because the foul thing needed backup. And if it needed backup, that means that you are stronger. Can I tell you? Watch me. You are much stronger than you know. Why? Because the devil needed backup to try to take you down. And for these people that are making their way into this auditorium to be baptized, we're about to shut down the plan of the enemy on their life. I need you to rejoice that there's some people that we're about to shut down the plan of the enemy. We're about to shut down the plan of the enemy. We're about to shut down the plan of the enemy. Come on, I need y'all to rejoice, 1115. Stretch your hands. Stretch your hands towards them, saying, in the name of Jesus, we cover them. We cover their new beginning and we shut down the work of the enemy. We shut down the plan of the enemy and we declare new life begins. Their sequel starts today in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we baptize you now in water. Do it now in Jesus' name.
in the middle of a message, I need you to rejoice. Somebody say new life. Say it again. Say new life in the middle of a message. We're going to dedicate the children at the end. But I'm going to say it to you a third time because some of y'all didn't hear me. The same way that God interrupted this message is going to be the same way he's going to interrupt this week for you. And what he does is going to blow your mind. I said what he does is going to blow your mind. 1115, I said what he does is going to blow your mind. I need your faith to increase. If you believe that, say he's about to blow my mind. Say he's about to blow my mind. In the middle of a message. In the middle of a message. In the middle of a message. You're going to be in the middle of your lunch and you're going to get a promotion. You... I'm about to move on, but I hear this thing loud and strong. You're going to be in the middle of a plane ride, but an email's going to come. That's the answer you've been looking for. That's the answer you've been waiting on. Somebody said he's going to do it in the middle. Let's finish. Let's finish. Let's finish. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are made and have become new. Which means you do not get to dig up a previous version of you. Simply because you're dealing with present miserable moments. Somebody say, I'm not that person anymore. Come on, say it with authority. I'm not that person anymore. So even when the pressure intensified and that evil thing, that foul thing comes back stronger than it was the first time. Your response has to be, I'm still not that person anymore. When temptation texts you, you got to say, I'm still not that person anymore. When anger makes you want to lose control, I'm still not that person. You ready? So there's a man in the scripture I want to introduce you to very quickly. Uh, his name is Moses. And Moses is a man that is known most famously for delivering the children of Israel from 430 years of Egyptian bondage. Say 430 years. 430 years. Come on, talk to me like an army. Say 430 years. 430 I'm going to say it a fourth time. No, not that part. The same way. That's good, though. But the same way that God just interrupted I just heard the Lord loud and clear. While some of y'all are at church right now, God is back at your house. He's back at your job. While you're streaming right now, where most of us are, God is on the scene getting ready to interrupt something. And it's going to blow your mind. Moses is most famous for 430 years when he shows up and he delivers the children of Israel from 430 years of bondage. His name in Hebrew is the word Moshe, which means to draw out. They named him that because he was drawn out of the Nile River, but it would also prophesy what he was created to do. See, your name is prophetic. What does that mean? If you don't know the meaning of your name, you need to look it up to know what it means. Why? Because every time somebody calls your name, they're prophesying 
concerning what you are supposed to do. Everybody hear me. You are not just born to pay bills and die. You were sent to the earth to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. Moses had an assignment on his life, but Moses did not properly handle miserable moments. And I want everybody to pay close attention to me right through here because you can be gifted, you can be talented, you can be called, you can be skilled, you can be amazing, but you do not properly handle your miserable moments. Watch me. Do not miss your sequel because you mishandle your miserable moments. So when they come out of 430 years, the, the Hebrews, they begin to complain. Hebrews and Israelites, in this context, those terms are interchangeable. Um, they begin to complain. And it's easy to complain, watch me, when you feel like, listen to this carefully, when you feel like the complaint isn't being heard or doesn't matter. How do we know that, Bishop? Because you'll drive down your car complaining, but ain't nobody listening. They complain. And the Bible says that one day they complain about water. Now, listen, they have just walked through the Red Sea. The Bible says that the Lord dried up the ground so that the ground was dry. The Bible says that the water kept, uh, uh, water was kept up on the left and the right because strong winds blew in. Their sandals did not dissipate. Uh, their clothes lasted. They have literally watched God drown all of Pharaoh's army. Just think about the miracles they've seen. And the Bible says God did it down to the date. 430 years down to the date, the Bible says, that the Lord did this for them. TikTok, Clubhouse, listen carefully. App, website, listen carefully. YouTube, Facebook, listen carefully. And Moses brings these people out. And these people rejoice and say, look at what the Lord has done. And then when they get, watch me, on the other side of one victory, they start complaining. I'm going to back it up and say it again. Once they get to the other side of one victory, they begin to complain. Do not let your present miserable moment make you complain and forget about your previous victories. Uh-uh, I need to check this building and check online. How many of you can tell the truth that when you look back over your life, you have a whole testimony where you have watched God do for you what you thought was not going to happen and not be done? I'll dare us begin to complain because of what we're facing now when we've already seen him do greater before. Fist bump somebody and say, he's already shown you miracles. So look at Exodus 16 and 20. They began to complain about food. Let's start there and then we'll go to water. They begin to complain about food. So what does the Bible says that the Lord gives them bread from heaven? Literally, it's called manna. And literally was angel food. Literally every morning they woke up, the grass would be covered. The ground would be covered with this angel food. It was small like coriander, but they were able to make bread from it. And watch what the Bible says. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning and it bred worms and it stank. Look at this last part. And Moses was angry with them. Why? Because they did not listen to him. Stop wasting your words on people who aren't listening in the first place. You will miss your John because you keep talking to your Judas. For those of you that don't know the significance of that, John was a beloved disciple that loved the Lord. Judas was one that did not really care about the Lord. He cared about his come up. There are some people that the reason they are connected to you is because you are a convenient come up. And I pray that God would reveal the motives in the heart of everybody around you so that nobody would try to just use you as a stepping stone or as a come up. I pray you'd have some Johns around you, that these are people that love you. These are people that want to see you win. These are people that want to see you do well. Can you touch your neighbor's shoulder and say, I speak some Johns into your life. 
Moses was angry with them. So the Bible says that the Lord gives them this bread from heaven, but Moses is angry. I need you to pay attention to this. Now, this isn't the first time Moses was angry. How do you know this, Bishop? Well, there was another time Moses was angry. It, watch me. If we were to skip back and jaywalk and go back a few years ago, a few years in Moses previous, you would discover that Moses got so angry that he murdered an Egyptian. Which means Moses' anger problem has followed him his entire life. And for some of you, it's not anger. Watch me, it's anxiety. For some of you, it's not anger. Watch me, it's doubt. For some of you, it's not anger. Watch me, it is low self-esteem. You're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're handsome, you're amazing, you're talented, but you don't see it. You are loved by God, but you don't see it. It's a funny thing for everybody else to see what's on you and you not recognize it yourself. So then, watch me. So Moses gets angry. But we know this ain't his first time getting angry. He's had this problem before. And here's what I love about it. Even after he murdered the Egyptian and he has to go into exile for 40 years. For 40 years he's in Egypt learning in the palace. For 40 years he's on the backside of the desert on, in a wilderness tending to sheep. Here's what I love about it. Is that even though he made a mistake, God did not cancel him. And I need some of y'all to hear me in this building and online. God has not canceled you. Bishop, how do you know that? Because if you're hearing this word today, that means you still have a pulse, which means God still has a plan. Can I get you to say, he hasn't canceled me. People may have canceled you, but God hasn't canceled you. Your previous employer may have canceled you, but God hasn't canceled you. Your previous relationship may have canceled you, but God did not cancel you. Matter of fact, thank God they canceled you so you could go get the upgrade. Mm. So now they complain about water. They complain about water. And when they complain about water, when they complain about water, the Bible says that they get water from a rock. Look at this. In Numbers 20 and 8, it says, this is God's instructions to Moses. Tell the rock. He says, tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Now, I just want you to consider these instructions for a moment. These instructions sound crazy. Give me my crozier. These instructions sound crazy. Talk to this rock and tell this rock to produce water? Here's how you know it's God. It's crazy to you. Look at me. If it makes sense to you, that probably ain't God. If you're like, that's crazy. You want me to do that and you want me to start that in a pandemic? That's crazy. You want me to forgive somebody that hurt me? That's crazy. You want me to be there for somebody that's never been there for me? That's crazy. You want me to so what? That's crazy. You want me to get up in the middle of a message and go and go and give my life to the Lord and go get baptized? That's crazy. But sometimes when it doesn't make sense, it makes faith. I said, sometimes when it doesn't make sense, it makes faith. So he says, talk to the rock. Talk to the rock. And when you talk to the rock, come on up here and get on this rock. When you talk to this rock, he says, it's going to yield its water. <laughs> Moses has already got an anger problem. Look at me. And when you have an anger problem, can I teach you this? You normally have an attention problem too. You don't pay attention. Because you get so angry that you just stop listening. 
you stop. How many can be honest in this building online where you can get so angry sometimes? You just, you just, you listen. And you say, what am I supposed to do? We told you eight times. You just don't listen. Jesus, as a shepherd, I get this. I'm like, how many times? You ready? Look at me. Look at what he says to them. Here now, you rebels. Here's the problem. He knew what they were, but he expected them to act differently. And a lot of your frustration is going to come because you have an expectation for people that they've proven they cannot deliver. And Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock with his staff twice. How many times did he strike it? What did God tell him to do? Speak. What did he do? Strike. How many times? Twice. So he looks at the rock. And the Bible says speak to the rock. What does Moses do? He speaks to the people. Some of you, you spend too much of your time fighting with the people when you need to be speaking to the situation. You spend too much of well, we finna have a meeting, we finna do this, we, I ain't doing all that. I'm finna keep it moving because I ain't got time to speak to who ain't listening right in the first place. He strikes it once, twice. He says, you rebels. He's ticked off. Levitin, you ever been ticked off? Levitin, you ever been angry? Okay, come on, this is Levitin. Can, can I push it? You ever been pissed off with Levitin? Oh, y'all knew that one. I'm like, Bishop, I don't know anything about ticking. And I know something about pissing. <laughs> Got to be real so you can heal. If you can't be real in church, I can't stand a fake church. Where you come in here like you don't live a real life. Where you come in here like you don't go through real stuff. I wish you would come up in here or log on online and try to be fake like you ain't got some real situations going on. Where the truth is, you didn't get spiritual, you cussed. I wish there were some honest people. Look at me. Can't stand a fake church. And Moses lifted up his hand and he struck the rock with his staff. Guess what, Moses? This was not the instruction. But why did he get so angry? Because he was quarreling. The Bible says that the children of Israel, they were fighting with him. And water, look me, came out abundantly. So it looked like it worked. Because he got, watch me, he got results. But he did what he was not told to do. Translation, it looked like it worked, but it ruined his sequel. Because he mishandled a miserable moment. Listen, Moses, they fighting with you now, but they're not going to be fighting with you always. Moses, why didn't you just back up for a moment and say, let me calm down? Because if I respond right now, I'm about to ruin their whole life. Y'all not talking. Sometimes, watch me, to deal with your present miserable moment, you need to know yourself. And sometimes you need to know, let me just back up for a moment. Because if I respond right now, I may say something I do not need to say. Let me shut my mouth for a moment. Because if I handle it now, I might do something crazy. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, you need to know yourself. I learned there are certain things that I cannot deal with immediately after church because as the anointing is on me and as the anointing is in me, watch me, when I got to deal with correction, I learned sometimes I better send somebody else to do it because if I handle that, it's about to be a whole situation. So let me have somebody else do it. If I do it, it's going to be a bloody scene. Not literally. Not literally. 
You ready? You need to know you. For some of you, you get so angry at your spouse. You know what you need to do? You need to calm down. Amen. You need to say, let me just, baby, just wait one minute. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. Baby, don't say, just, I'll be right back. Where you going? Where you going? Right here. I need to just calm down. For some of you with your kids, you get so angry. And you start, and now you say stuff that, watch me, that will damage them for life. You just need to calm down. You need to know yourself. They shouting in the vestibule. You need to calm down. Because you know what Moses did? Moses, watch me, he never learned from previous miserable moments how to deal with future miserable moments. He got mad and he took action. And the action looked like it worked. See, some of you, you keep doing things, watch me, and it looks like it's getting you results for now. There are certain people that say, you know what? I ain't going to church no more, and it looks like my life is doing good for now. I ain't giving no more. It looks like things are good for now. I don't believe in all that Jesus stuff. Okay, then what you believe in then? The pyramids? Are you joking? I manifested it. Well, who gave you the power to manifest it? But I, be, I believe in chakras and okra. I got infinity stones on my hand. I got crystals. So you want to pray? A, a crystal going to get you out of this? I'm just saying, just think about that logically for a moment. Well, who made the crystal? Bishop, I don't believe in all of this Jesus stuff. I believe in evolution. Okay. Well, can you show me one monkey? Just one. That's in the process of transformation? Like, can you show me a monkey man? Like, let me see one of them. Well, it takes millions of years. There's not one of them that's in between. That takes a lot of faith. I'm not knocking anybody. I just, that takes a lot of it. When I listen to certain people and they give these great arguments and all of that, I just said, that takes a lot of faith. You got more faith than most Christians because I couldn't believe that mess. It was primordial soup. Well, who put the soup there? If soup's so up on my counter and I ain't put it there, I'm concerned. Somebody put it there. Well, a one single cell organism, it just started reproducing. Well, who told it to reproduce? How you don't reproduce for billions of years, allegedly, and then all of a sudden you decide, let's make a baby. Let me get back to the message. And water came out abundantly, so it looked like it worked. And they're satisfied, but his sequel is ruined. Sometimes you can not do right and get results, and you'll think, watch me, that doing wrong works. Can we be honest? You can even do that with the Lord. You can say, you know what, Lord? You know what? I ain't really been forgiving people. And you know what? I feel good. I feel better. Forget them marks. But watch me. But it only works for a moment. It only works for a moment. Look at the next part. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me. Now, this is deep. Because he says, 
Your inability to follow my instructions is evidence of your unbelief. I said speak to the rock. You hit the rock. Hitting the rock made more sense to you because you're angry and you do not know how to control your emotions. But I didn't say to do that. And evidence, pay attention, and evidence of your uh, unbelief is found in your inability to follow what I said. And I know what some Christians are saying. Well, how do I know what he's saying? You don't even have to make it that deep. Start with what he said. The two primary ways that God speaks are his logos and his rhema. His logos is his written word. What did he already say? See, you're looking for a, vo a voice when he's already given you a verse. What did he already say? I don't need this fresh download. Listen, let me just get the previous download. I, but then watch me. Rhema is what's preached or what's taught about his logos. This is why the Bible says that man shall uh, uh, not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What does it mean? It's called rhema, which means, pay attention, God has already spoken. Why do we come to church? So that I can get rhema about his logos. And when you think of rhema, think of rhema like rain, which means God will take what was and then he'll rain down something fresh and brand new. Look at me. He says, because you did not believe in me, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. We're almost done because Moses literally has been faithful to his assignment. But his one mishandling of this miserable moment, God says, you're not going into the promised land. Now, just let that sit on us for a moment. Moses had been faithful for 40 years with these ninjas. And after 40 years, they're teenage mutant ninja turtles is what they're. Moses had been faithful to them for years. Sometimes you got to come up with nicknames for people that give you problems. Moses had been faithful on his. Is there anybody in the building online where you've been faithful? You've not been perfect, but you've been consistent. Watch me. And Moses, because of one mishandling of a miserable moment, God says, you ain't going into the sequel. I love you, Moses, but you're not going into the promised land. Well, God, pay attention to the process. Pay attention to the pattern. You still gave me a chance when I murdered the Egyptian. You still gave me a chance with the bread. You still gave me a chance when I told you I didn't want, listen, I didn't want this assignment in the first place. You selected me to do something I did not select for myself. And can I talk to everybody under the sound of my voice? You've been selected by God. Watch me. And you didn't get to have a say in the selection process. Know what you were selected to do. And God says, you're not going into your sequel. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Y'all ain't talking. Can I be honest with you? What, you want me to lie to you? No, Bishop, lie to me. Can I be honest with you? I know that while God said that, God has a history of releasing a judgment and then giving his people an opportunity to change. And what was supposed to go down, if I'll change and repent, he'll turn that thing around. Can I give you some examples? The scripture says, watch me. That, um, that Hezekiah, who was a king, the man of God, Isaiah, goes into him and says, your life is about to be over. God has looked at you and he's decided it's done. It's done for you. Get your house in order. In other words, get your will together. Get, get, the, get the decree about, of succession for who's going to take over. Decide who's going to get the, Get your life. Pack your bags because you're about to die. 
the Bible says. And let me tell you what, this is important for you. Because there may be things that you think are over, that you think are done with, that you think are impossible. But what I've discovered with God, all things are. The Bible says that the king turns around and he looks at the wall and he begins to say, Lord, I just heard what the man of God said. And I know that you have made the decision that this is supposed to be my end. But the Bible says he repented for his sin. The Bible says he repented for his actions and he began to cry out to God in essence saying, Lord, I ask you for a sequel. And do you know what the Bible says? And Isaiah walked back in. This message for some of y'all today is God walking back in. And he said, because of how you handle that, what was supposed to be your end, I'm about to add another 15 years to your life. In other words, it's not over for you. It's not over for you. I need you to fist bump somebody and say, it's not over for you. No, 1115, I need your faith to go up. Say, it's not over for you. Please high five somebody. Say, it's not over for you. Say, it's not over for you. It's not over for you. You ready? I said, are you ready? Look at me. So I know God told him that. But I know that, that God would have given him another opportunity. Some of you never have another opportunity because your arrogance robs you of your sequels. I just watched it happen. Your arrogance will rob you of your sequel. I've seen this happen for many people. Your arrogance will end your opportunities. You ready? So now we have another instance where the Israelites play because of delay. And this was really Moses' opportunity to turn things around. This is really Moses' opportunity to do things differently. Moses, you've proven you got an anger problem. But instead of doing what needs to be done, watch me, you mishandle your miserable moment. Look at somebody say, don't mishandle this now. Come on, come on, come on. Speak to him. Say, don't fumble the ball now. Exodus 32 of 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, what was Moses doing? He was up there getting the Ten Commandments. This is what the people said. They say this to Aaron. Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, we do not know what has become of him. So in other words, you've watched this Moses lead you through all of this. And now, watch me, simply because he delayed coming back, you now, look how they refer to him, this Moses. It's amazing how quickly people will dismiss you and disrespect you. It's amazing how when they don't think they need you anymore, they feel like they can treat you any kind of way. Ready? He says, we do not know what has become of him. Verse 6, we're almost done. And the people, they rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, Moses is up there working hard, talking to God. These teenage beat ninja turtles are down there playing and partying. You know what ticks the person on your roll off? Is when they are around people who don't take it as seriously as they do. I wish I had some honesty. You take this thing serious, but what really gets you angry is when you're surrounded by people that treat it like it's a game. When I take this... 
They treat your relationship like it's a game and they play with you like you a basketball. I ain't no basketball. You don't just bounce me when you feel like it. They take your business like it's a game. They treat your family like it's a game. They treat everything like it's a game. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people and behold, it's a stiff-necked people. Now, this is what God says about them. God says, now listen, it's 15. Let me just go here real fast. We're almost done. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it. I have seen this people, and behold, what it should say is, they are a stiff-necked people. Because the end of the verse is in plurality, which means in the center of the verse, it should also be in plurality. But he doesn't say that. He says, I've seen this people, and behold, it, which means there's a spirit in these people. That is making them play. There's a spirit in this. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt is still in them. Because the way they're handling this, see, some of you, when you, when you have issues with people, you need to look at them and you need to say, you know what? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm not going to deal with you. There's a spirit behind you. Watch me. Every time Moses was close to breakthrough, the same thing showed up. Question. What is it that every time you're close to breakthrough, it shows up? It is a stiff-necked people. Not they. The spirit they operate in. Let's simplify that. Spirit, mindset, mentality that they operate in. Watch me. It is stiff-necked. What does that mean? They don't change. They complain, but they never change. They don't like where they at, but they ain't going to do nothing to change it. They don't like how they act, but they ain't going to do nothing to change it. You haven't met somebody that all they were going to do is complain, but they weren't going to do nothing to change it? I need you to speak some faith over your own and just touch somebody's shoulder and say, we don't complain, we change. We, we don't complain, we change. The same amount of energy it takes to complain about it. You could have done something about it. And I feel good for everybody under the sound of my voice. Why? You ain't just complaining. You're about to make a change. You're about to make a change. I need you to put that over this week. You're about to make a change. Hey, hey, hey. You're about to make a change. You ready? We're done. Here we go. Look at me. Verse 11. But Moses implored the Lord his God. And said, oh, Lord, look at what Moses says to God. Now, hold on, take the verse down. Look at what he says to God. Now, remember, he murdered a man. He beats rocks. Rock beater. (laughs) He gets angry over food. Because, you know, some of y'all, when you don't eat, we can tell. You ever have people in your life, you tell them, hey, call me after you go to lunch because I can tell you ain't ready to talk to me. Watch me. Look at what he says to God. Why does your wrath but Moses, really? You got the nerve to project who you are onto your God. Many people, your struggle with God is that you project you onto him. So if you're a liar, you'll say he's a liar. If you're unfaithful, you'll say he's unfaithful. If you're inconsistent, you say he's inconsistent. If you're a hater of other people, you say he's a hater of you. You'll project you onto them. Moses begins to project onto God what he is. Why does your wrath burn so hot? Mo, you a rock beater. 
You get mad over food. Moses, you are a convicted murderer. And you have the unmitigated gall, the intestinal fortitude to say to God, why are you mad? You ready? Show lives. That's a southern colloquialism. Show lives. It means I sure am. And it's teaching you how to be in the South. Can we practice? Come on, let's have, let's have Southern practice class. One, two, three. Show lives, which is a translation. It means I sure am. You ready? You about to have your best year ever. Show lives. God's about to favor you. Show lives. Favor's about to find you. Show lives. Opportunity is about to open for you. Show Liz. He's about to make who did you wrong apologize. Show Liz. Which means I sure am. Let's go. Verse 14. And the Lord relented. We're done from the disaster he had spoken on bringing on his people. Moses, Moses, God literally said to Moses, Moses, hey man, hey Mo. Let's start over. Me and you, let's start fresh. Let's just start over. And some of you, you will miss your sequel because it requires you to start over. I know everybody in this city. Mm. I know everybody in this area. I, I know everybody. I, I have a set routine. In, I, I know this. I, this is different. This is different. This is this is unique. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to do this? And God says, so you're going to miss your sequel because you're afraid of being back at one. Who was it on the backside of the mountain? Moses and God. Which means Moses, can I go deep 1115? Moses developed more faith in the following than he did in his father. Some of y'all got more faith in your company than you do in your creator. But I don't want to leave this job because they give me this and they got this and I got If you don't, you don't. You ready? Here we go. Ooh, I'm feeling real prophetic. The Lord says to Moses, I'm going to start over with you, me and you. Come on, like old times. Okay, can I go real deep, Lev 15? You want to know why he didn't want to do it? I'm coming for you right through here. Because, Lord, when we did that the first time, I was 40. But now I'm in my hundreds. Moses literally was in his hundreds when this happened. Uh uh, you missed it. Because some of y'all looking at me like, what is it, Bishop? You think you're too old to start fresh. And I rebuke your age. You might not be as young as you used to be, but you're ready. You might be young, but you're ready. Never be afraid to be back at one. I heard this with somebody. Yes, start the business again. That's somebody's answer because you was on the fence. He just answered you in the message. And the same way he interrupted this message. 
to come speak to you. We got to go. Look at me. And the Lord said, okay, Moses. Moses was like, Lord, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I'm not as young as I used to be. I don't have as much energy as I used to have. I'd rather saddle, settle, excuse me, and saddle up on a place called Stuck than embrace a sequel. Because a sequel means, see, watch me, I'm used to a finished product. A sequel means I got to step into nothing and turn it into something. But watch me, Moses, but you've done it before. I don't know why I'm being pulled in this direction at the 11.15, but I'm talking to somebody. I need you not to be afraid of a new start. You ready, 11.15? So the Lord, so the Lord, Moses begs the Lord, and Lord was like, okay, fine, Moses. I ain't going to do it. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. So while he's up there getting these Ten Commandments, as he's up there getting these Ten Commandments, while he's up there getting these Ten Commandments, and, and we got big commandments for you. I have no little tablets. This is the extra large commandments. These are the big commandments. You ready? The oversized commandments. You ain't going to miss these. Look at the next verse. The tablets were the work of who? God. And the writing was the writing of who? God. Engraved on the tablets. Pay attention. The Lord not only cut the tablets, but he then wrote on the tablets. You ready? He says, these are my Ten Commandments. Anybody remember that movie? Charlton Heston. I ain't talking about the new version. I can't get with this new stuff. I'm talking about the old version that, that came on at three, went off at two the next morning. Who remembers that version? I mean, you can lay down, take a nap, go to the mall, come back, and they steal in Egypt. <laughs> Say the first set. Come on, we're almost done. Say the first set. Watch what Mo does. Verse 19. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, what was the calf? Because of delay, they began to play. And one of the things you do when you play is you create a new God. You create, what is a God? It means a source. So because this is taking so long, you create a source. For some of you, it took too long, so you created a source called a relationship that you'd settle. Y'all ain't talking. You made another source. And the dancing. They dancing around a fake source. They partying around a fake source. Let's be honest. Come on. My hand's up first. And we've all done this. Some of y'all lying. So you just did it. So now we've all done it. And Moses, look at me. His anger burned hot. Now you just finished bleeding for these people. And they didn't see how God was done, but you were the one that fought for them. Uh-oh, let's go here for a moment. Some people don't even know how you've been fighting behind the scenes for them. You were the one that went to HR and said, no, wait a minute, y'all not going to do this. this. Y'all not talking. You're the one that prayed for them. You're the one that encouraged. You were the one behind the scenes that was fighting for them. And you got the nerve to act like this with me after I've been fighting for you? Moses gets hot. 
feels good to me. He gets hot. Somebody say he gets hot. Come on, 1115, talk to me. Say he gets hot. And Moses threw the tablets. Don't y'all throw my tablets. He threw the tablets out of his hand. Wait a minute. This was God's work. Let me tell you why some of you quit. Because you get angry. And you'll throw God's work out of your hands. Let me tell you why some of you give up. It's because you get hot. And in your heat, let me tell you what you need to learn how to do. You need to learn how to vent, watch me, privately. Say whatever you need to say to God. Get it out. Type the email. Don't send it. Prep the text. Let them see the little three lines come up. And don't send nothing. We're done. He says, and he threw the tablets out of his hands. He broke them. You threw God's work, and you treated God's work like it was nothing because you mad at these people, and it's a miserable moment that you've now made a monument. Look at the next verse. And the Lord said to Moses, say second set. So this first set is destroyed. And if you, if you read what happens in the Bible there, Moses gets so ticked off, he makes them get on the ground and start. Moses is like, I'm sick of you teenage ninja turtles. Get on the floor. I mean, Moses just, he's like, look, I killed an Egyptian. I swear for God, I will. You ever met somebody with the new you and you're like, look, keep on trying me and you're going to, I'm going to, that. You better meet to save me, because if you meet to unsave me, it's. Come on, left 15. Because you're real spiritual and you're all at the day, but there was a day. Let something pop off. What? Uh, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Now, what you say? Say, say again? Is there a problem? Huh? Is there a problem? Say it again. Say it again. I know there's some fighters in here. But you got to cast down who you used to be. Because that version of you no longer lives. Look at the scripture. Look at the scripture. This second set. We're done 1115. The Lord said to Moses, cut for yourself. Wait a minute. The first time God did it. The second time he says, you're going to do it. So Moses has to take a chisel out. And Moses has to now do all of this work himself. And Moses, you don't get any help. Some of you feel like, why does it feel like I don't have any support? Because you threw the first ones. So God says, now you, watch me, what costs you nothing gets treated that way. So now I'm going to make, you're going to appreciate, you ain't going to throw these tablets. Why? Because you have to cut these yourself. How many of you, watch me, you have seen people handle things differently when it costs them something. He's cutting these tablets. He's cutting these tablets. And, and watch me, and God says, and then I'll write. He says, but only after you cut them. You're going to have to do the hard work now. And I'll write on the tablets the same thing I wrote on the first tablets, which you broke. 
I don't think you even get it. God is so into your sequel that even after your anger and your mishandling of your miserable moments, he said, you cut them, but I'm still going to come fill them. Uh -uh. I don't think you hear me. God believes that much in you that even when you say, I have screwed this up, this is unrecoverable. Can I speak this into your life? You shall recover. Even though you feel like you're never going to bounce back, I prophesy a bounce back grace on you today. I speak a bounce back anointing on you today. God is so into you that he says it may be a little bit of hard work, but you got this. Come on. Come on, level 15. Say, I got this because God's got me. Thank you. He, he literally gave Moses another chance. Do you want to know what Moses never does? Look at me. He never repents. Because he feels justified in his anger. He said, we're going to end this 1115. How many of you know there's some, mis some miserable moments you've mishandled? Here's the deal. Not to beat you up or beat you down. This is God coming into your life right now in this building and online to tell you, I haven't canceled you, but I need you to repent for that. What is repentance? It's not just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. It's saying, Father, forgive me for mishandling that miserable moment and give me the grace to not handle it that way going forward. In fact, do you want to know how scandalous Moses got? When it came, watch me, when it came to the water from the rock, watch me, we see it, put the scripture up there, with the water from the rock, watch me. In Numbers, we get the truth. In Exodus, which Moses wrote, he lies. What do you mean he lied? In Exodus, Moses says, and God told me to strike the rock and I struck it. Some of you all, you mishandle your moments so perversely that you change the facts. Oh, I know I just, for some of y'all, you're like, Moses lied? He did. If you read the story in Exodus, he says, God told me to hit the rock and I hit the rock. And he moves on. But in Numbers, we get the truth. Genesis, Exodus. Which means he lied about it at first. Numbers comes later. And then we get the truth. Father, we repent today. Come on, 15, we're going. But if you know you've mishandled some miserable moments, I just need you right where you're at in this building online to just lift one of your hands. It's a sign of surrender. You just say, Lord, I repent for mishandling my miserable moment. Forgive me for letting my anger get the best of me. Forgive me for letting my emotions get the best of me. Forgive, me. forgive me, Father, for letting frustration get the best of me. Forgive me for walking away from when I never should have walked away from. Forgive me for canceling what I never should have canceled. Forgive me for quitting what I never should have quit. Forgive me for saying what I never should have said. Father, forgive us for mishandling our miserable moments and we will learn from Moses we won't lie about it we'll tell you the truth that it was us it was us come on 15. I need to hear repentance in this building repentance has a sound 
Repentance has a sound. What is that sound? It is a sound, watch me, it is a sound that says to the Lord, Lord, I repent, I, I turn from it, repent. I turn from that and I turn towards you. But watch me, God, if I'm able to repent, that means my sequel is still on schedule. If I'm able to repent, that means I still have the opportunity for my next to be better than my present and my previous. Come on, 11:15, we're going. But just lift your hands and say, I repent. In Jesus' name. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.